Welcome to Hot Breath Comedy Fam. On Monday, May 13th, I am teaching a clean comedy workshop. The last four I have taught sold out very quickly, so if you wanna learn about clean comedy, the business side, where the line is, how to write clean comedy, go to the link in the description of this episode, and we'll see you there. Oh boy, it's happening, Hot breath Verse. Welcome back to the Hot Breath Podcast, the show where you learn comedy from the pros. I am comedian Joel Byers. This is our series, Comedians on Skype Talking Comedy, where you get to ask your favorite comedians your favorite comedy questions. If you are watching this on YouTube or listening on the podcast, all of these Q&As do happen in our Facebook group, so go into the description Join our Facebook group to be involved with all the different writing clubs and different additional content we have going on, as well as interacting with comedians like today's amazing guest we have. Please welcome to the Hot breath Verse, Miss Emily Catalano, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the show. Woo! Oh, there we go. Yeah, I was doing an applause sound effect. There it is. Awesome. Well, welcome. Hey, am I here? You're you are you're on the internet now. Welcome oh, to nice. the show. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I I love. Or I mean, we'll yeah, we'll get into it. But I love it. Seemingly first, how long have you been doing comedy? Um, five years. Five years. About okay. five years. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, people, you can go ahead and start posting questions. But um, something that I think people enjoy about your comedy or at least what I enjoy when I first stumbled upon you is like you seem to be able to marry how you are off stage and bring it on stage and only five years in I mean that's you're ahead of the curve in a lot of ways it takes comedians several years to figure out that balance but are you aware of that is that something you're conscious of or does it just kind of happen and you're like I mean that's just what it is I think I'm aware of it now but when I first started I just I uh, sort of was like just lucky like that's just how I uh well it was just like the same way on stage that I am like right now mm-hmm. and I guess like like I didn't know that was unique um but now I realize like oh yeah that's like pr- pretty hard to do is just like I have that voice that like unique voice on stage and off stage so I got like uh pretty lucky i guess that this is the only voice that i can do <laughs> but how you said you at least weren't aware of it at first but how did you start to become aware of how you're funny off stage and start to bring it on stage dude i don't know i'm still figuring that out <laughs> but, yeah um, yeah i think it's just like the more comfortable you are the more like you realize like um like the more uh, natural you can be on stage, the more you have the audience's attention. Um, so if you can be real and like connect with them, like then that's the best thing for your comedy. So I think it's just uh, practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that <laughs> but, that's why I was excited about doing this one, this uh, episode with you, which was uh, requested by a listener you were, is you are like, seemingly new to comedy i mean five years versus people who do this their entire lives you know i'm 10 years in but i still consider myself considerably new based on it being a lifelong journey but Mm -hmm. you being only five years in and already being able to perform on conan a comedian we see conan we're just like oh they climbed the mountain you know they they made it type deal how how did that whole experience come to be that was crazy um it was kind of just uh I was in the right place at the right time um I started in San Francisco Mm -hmm. and so I was like working the clubs up there like Punchline and Cobbs and I got to do a weekend with Pete Holmes um so I was just hosting for Pete and he was like next time you're in LA come do my show at Largo and so I was like, okay. Whoa, yeah, that's huge. Uh, so I, I like planned a trip down there just to do his show. And then a few days before I drove down, the show got canceled. Um, and I he didn't like tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> 
I like found out um, on their website or my friend was like, the show looks like it got canceled. And I looked it up on the website and it was canceled. So I was like, hey, is this show still happening? And he's like, oh, sorry about that. No, it's not happening. And then like I ended up moving to L.A. like a few months later after that. And then I was like, I'll just hit him up again. And because it's like a monthly show. Mm -hmm. So I hit him up and he was like, yeah, for sure. Come by. And I did a set and it was like amazing. It's just like a really cool theater, like the best crowd. Um, And the owner was there who like books all the shows and he really liked me. Um, So he just kept like uh, booking me and got to open for like some like other comedians like Sarah Silverman and Tig Notaro. At Largo? Um, At Largo, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. It was just, like, this, like, random, like, I mean, I think, like, you know, it helps being, like, funny, but. Funny, exactly. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Funny. (laughs) But it was just, like, it was, like, one of those, like, dreams come true, like, moments where you're, like, I'm in the right place at the right time, and now all these, like, cool things are happening to me. And then, uh so Pete's manager was at a lot of shows and he's like, I've been talking to you. Uh, I'm talking about you to JP, the Conan booker. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, you should send in your clip uh, from tonight. And I was like, well, I already sent him a clip and he never got back to me. Uh, so, you know, it's not going to happen. <laughs> he's like, no, send in, send another one, send your audio which is, like, kind of unheard of. Like, you're not supposed to send audio. You're supposed to send video. Huh. Um, but he's like, yeah, I've been I've been talking to him about you, so just do it. So I had my manager send in my audio from that night, and then, uh, then he got back to us with, like, all the jokes that he liked. And then it was, like, kind of a long process from there. It was, like, maybe uh, six months after that I was able to – get on air but six months yeah, of like back and forth like is he like can you change this joke or like what was the back and forth or that process yeah it was like uh, put these jokes together uh, make a video send it to me um okay i like that that's good we'll try to get you on mm-hmm. but like you know going months without hearing and then uh and then he like was like oh do you want to do this joke instead of this joke and then I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or, but I was like, then we like switched up the order again. And then I got the like, okay, we're going to, we're going to get you on. But it was, yeah, it was like, I was stressed out like for six months, just not knowing. <laughs> but then were you stressed out preparing for it too? I mean, and how long, I'd love to get in the preparation, but how long between, Six months to get the confirmation, and then how long after? Okay, we want you. Are you then performing on Conan? So I got the date for Conan one week. And yeah, like one week before. You're supposed to so do it? So I had, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, for like a definite date. Uh-huh. So I had one week. So I just like did as many shows as I could for that week and it was really easy to get like the stage time for it because you just have to say like hey I'm gonna be on Conan next week like can I do five minutes Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it was like it was like the coolest week because I just I knew my five minutes like and I knew I was doing Conan so it was just like this uh I was on this like other level where I was just like so happy (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah but it was like it was like stressful but like after that week I was like so prepared um, for it and just like ready to like do it, you know, get it over with. Um, and it like, it was cool. Yeah. Are you like in your apartment pacing, talking in the mirror? Like how, how far does the preparation go between, are you transcribing it? Like how, how Mm -hmm. fine tuned was this set? Uh, just like it couldn't get more fine-tuned like I was going over it in my head like I couldn't sleep I was just like writing it out like yeah in the shower just like saying it over and over again like it was almost like maybe too prepared but (laughs) I felt like 
once I was on stage, I like felt good because it was like I don't need. I think I like blanked it, like uh, blacked out, like on stage. Wow. I was just like so surreal, um, but I'm happy that I was like prepared. What a gnarly experience! Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> like you, what is that feeling like? Because I've never, I went through a phase where I was like, I gotta, I gotta book Conan for this like dumb outside validation thing. Like I would still do it, of course, but like. I wanted to do it for the wrong reason, which I have found in my career. Anytime those are your intentions, then it won't come to fruition. So I've I've let go of it since. But it, there was moments in my career where I'm like, I've got to book Conan because then everything happens. But like you being five years in and you getting this Conan benchmark and you can kind of put that as a credit now. Like, is it validating? I mean, what is that feeling? I didn't get to feel it. How does it feel? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll say, like, yeah, like you said, the validation is probably um, the most uh, meaningful to me because it's, like, my first credit. Mm -hmm. Um, And before that, like, I didn't have one. Like, maybe, like, some festivals or something. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, like, um, validation for, like, other comedians, I think, to be, like, oh, Conan, okay, she's validated. Mm -hmm. almost in a way but also like for me it was like a big like okay I am doing this comedy thing like it you know for me like personally it's just like something like okay all this hard work like like five years of uh you know doing all these shows every night it like paid off and that feels really good but as far as like I don't know I don't know if, like, after doing Conan, it's not like I'm uh, a different comedian. Like, it's not, like, gotten me, like, a job or anything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, I'm not, like, um, a successful comedian now, you know? Like, I think it's just late night sets are, like, different. It's not going to, like, boost my career as much as it maybe would have, like, 20 years ago. but it's just, um, it's still cool. I don't know. Yeah, it is almost like more it, for comedians now. Like, I mean, I've had several mm-hmm. friends perform on Late Night, and it, it is more like, it's for us. It's for your peers more than, like, getting some sort of opportunity that may or may not happen. It really is just like, oh, I conquered that type deal. Yeah, for sure, definitely. And one of the, um, I want to dive in. Okay, we have some people posing questions. I want to dive into... Um, a joke that you did on, because I, I love your writing and your timing on stage. And there is, there's a confidence to silence and you saying you're only five years in. That's, I mean, like silence is something that comedians, I mean, Oh, like 15 years in can struggle with being comfortable in that. But you do seem to have confidence within your pacing and your pausing overall. And it, how were you able to, develop that especially so quickly um I think for me I'm just like a slow person in general Mm -hmm. like so I think like listening is really hard so when I'm listening to comedians sometimes I'm like I'm gonna like you're talking so fast and I I don't really want to pay attention to all this so I'm gonna think about something else So I realized that, like, pretty early on, like, okay, like, a really important part is to just keep the audience's attention, especially when you're, like, starting out, you're, like, in these noisy dive bars um, or, like, coffee shops. And so if you can, even if you, like, nobody's laughing, if you can get their attention and hold it, like, that feels so good. So I think I just developed that early on, just, like, trying to get people's attention, um, and I noticed that, like, the slower I went and, like, the more pauses <laughs> I took, the more people would be like, whoa, what's happening? What's going on? Oh, um, fascinating. It's like a, yeah. Yeah, it's like a little trick that I learned. Um, and now I just, I don't know, it just kind of stuck. But I noticed, like, I'll go back and, like, listen to, like, newer jokes that I recorded. And, like, I feel like I'm talking so fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, like, I have to, like, really, like, learn how to slow down uh, my jokes over time. 
Um, I find it I helps me to like one. breathe. Like I sometimes if I catch myself going too fast and early on I would do some open mics where I was like, my only goal is to just focus on breathing this set and just make sure I'm mindful of taking a breath in between jokes. Um, so breathing helps me slow down. And that was a technique that helped me to kind of develop more of a slower pace. Is that, is breathing important to you or what do you do when you're like, Oh, I'm speeding up. How do you catch yourself? Yeah. Breathing is uh, really good. I don't, I never think about breathing though. I don't mm-hmm. think when I'm performing, it's just so hard to think about that. Yeah. But, um, I think what I, uh, think about is, um, like laughs once, like I want them to laugh and then I'm going to wait until they're done laughing and wait for them to like finish processing the last joke before I start saying something else. Cause I think it just goes back to like, I want them to pay attention to what I'm saying. I'm up here. It's my time. Like, don't be thinking about the last joke I said. Think about this joke that I'm saying now. And I think that I do that just like in regular life too, because I'm very quiet. So like I have to wait until there's like a pause in the conversation to like if I want people to like pay attention to me. Um, So that's just, yeah, something I've learned from like growing up, I guess. Yeah, very cool. It's like people will pay attention to me if they're not distracted by anything else. I love it. And you, just to get into a specific joke, um, I mean, your basketball coach bit, um, I mean, the, the pacing, the, the word choice, the timing of some tags, like, I mean, I, lo- I love the bit, but how, how did you, like, develop that bit from an idea that you then were able to translate into a bit for late night? Yeah, so it's funny because, like, the original uh, original idea was, like, um, like a, a basketball announcer. Well, it is, like, a basketball announcer because I was watching a lot of basketball at the time, and, like, there's so many innuendos. So I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. So it would be funny if I did a bit where I was, like, a basketball announcer, um, but there was, like, just a bunch of sexual innuendos. Mm-hmm. But then, like, I was like, I'm not – I can't do a basketball announcer. Like, that's not, (laughs) I can't do characters. Um, So I think originally I, like, started, I was, like, trying to do, like, this, like, fast, like, back and forth thing. And it just, like, wasn't working. So I was like, all right, I just got to, like, do it, like, how I would say it. So, like, I'm directing, like, uh, someone, you know, Um. And then, like, just the tags, you try, like, a million different tags, and those were the ones that uh, I liked, and it had, like, a good rhythm. And that's the joke, like, most often, like, people will come up after the show and be like, oh, I have a tag for you. Mm. But, like, I've tried them all. Like, stop giving me <laughs> tags. <laughs> like, I've tried all of them. This, These right. are the ones that I like the best and that I've stuck with, so... Yeah, it is. It's fun. It's a fun pace. And it is like piecing it together like a puzzle. And how, what was the process for putting that puzzle together in terms of like, were you penned to paper and you wrote like a bunch of sexual innuendos and then like a bunch of sports phrases and you tried to like connect the dots that way? Or how, how did you start to kind of find the mechanics? Yeah, just that way. Just trying mm-hmm. to think of as many like funny, like one line things as I could and then like the different like players and stuff like I love the Warriors so I was like trying to get at first I was like trying to get all of the players in I was like that's too many and then it was just like way too long so I just kept like trying to cut it down as much as possible but still get like those I like those like big pops of laughs so I would just like keep those and then like kind of get rid of everything else Um, yeah Editing can be a beast because it's, it's, oh, it's my brilliant idea. It's my joke. But then if it doesn't <laughs> laugh, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's got to go. Yeah. That's how I, I feel. Sometimes I edit like too much because I'm like, oh, that one time it didn't get a laugh. So I'm going to cut it out yeah. and then I'll forget about it. But then I don't know. I'm really bad at like keeping stuff that's not working and like just trying to make it better. But like it, I'll just like cut out so much. 
It's good though. I mean, those the stuff worth keeping always comes back around. So it's always better Hopefully, to yeah. be too harsh, where you're like, I'll just kill it, and then it'll roll back around. A lot of the times, it may be a month, it may be a year, like five years. Like the good stuff will float back to the top. So it's better to have that instinct. Mm -hmm. I would say then where you have too much fluff and you just hold everything too precious and then you end up just mm -hmm. bombing. <laughs> you just die on your sword. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I've done that. Yeah. I've done that with a few jokes where I'm like, I really like this joke, but nobody else does. So I'm going to keep doing it. And then finally after like years, I was like, okay, fine. Right. You win. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. Anymore. <laughs> But then sometimes it's like if you believe in it and work on it enough, then eventually you find the angle or you find the mm -hmm. pop that then opens it up. So it, yeah. it could go either way. It just depends on how mm -hmm. your delusions of grandeur, I guess. Yeah, definitely. So the, the joke starts with you being like, oh, it'd be funny to have a basketball announcer that's sexual innuendos. But then you go into the players' names. But the joke grows from that to the passing and then, like, swirling around the rim. So, like, you add new dimensions to it. Um, mm -hmm. First off, how long did you work on that joke, would you say, before you performed it on Conan? Um, that was um, one of my early jokes. Mm -hmm. And then it, like, yeah, developed over a year. So probably, like, three, three years. So, three or four years. So it starts with that initial idea of a, a announcer that does like sexual innuendos. So then how did you start to piece it together to all those different layers of the passing and then the back and forth, you know, and then the swirling around the rim and the shot clock tag and like how and uh, where did those start to fall into place? Yeah. I mean, if you don't know the joke, if someone's listening to this, it's about kind of lingus. Um, so <laughs> oh, I was sorry. Just... <laughs> I should have. I guess I should have prefaced the whole thing with that. I'll uh, I'll play it in the audio version of this for people. Oh, okay, cool. I'll leave you with some relationship advice. Okay, it's uh, it's all about communication in the bedroom. Okay, you gotta communicate to your man what you want, what feels good. You gotta coach him through it. <laughs> this is what I do. Pay attention. All right, babe, pretend like your tongue is a basketball. Steph Curry's got the ball in the backcourt. <laughs> Dribbles it up to the top of the key, pass to Draymond. Draymond Clay, Clay Curry, Curry Clay, Clay Curry, Curry Clay, Clay Curry, Curry Clay, Clay Curry, Curry Clay. Don't worry about the shot clock. <laughs> Clay back to Curry. Curry steps back, shoots a three, swirls around the rim. <laughs> Wrong rim. Uh, Still swirling around the rim, and it's good. Um, yeah, so I was just trying to pretty much like just combine those two things. Like, where do these like overlap? What's the Venn diagram for these two things? And like, um, I think like it's funny like trying to communicate with your partner about sex too. And it's like, um, just like, what are like some simple moves? Like mm -hmm. <laughs> just to like get them to understand like what you want them to do. And so, uh, yeah, I think like passing and swirling, like it's just like, come on, it's too easy. The fundamentals. Um, yeah. <laughs> Fundamentals, that's good. Yeah. Um, There's a tag. There's a tag. Yeah. No, I'm just yeah, kidding. There I'm you just go. kidding. <laughs> it's over. It was on TV. I'm not doing it again. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no. But that's just like a fun one to do. You can always like throw stuff in a lot, like when you're doing it live. And like people just like, even if they have never watched basketball, it's like 
just like a fun joke. Everybody loves it. Yeah, and that's that's why I picked that one because it has a very clear, defined premise and it's executed very well. Because like when we had Mark Norman on here, one of his big things was like the joke has to be clear. A lot of times the audience isn't laughing because they don't understand what you're trying to say. So I picked that joke of yours because it's very clear what the idea, mm -hmm. what the premise is. And then you're just able to build on it and add those different layers and take us on a journey with it. So that's that's really why I picked that one because like it's it was a very it was just very well executed from an organizational yeah. standpoint. Yeah, and if you listen to it again, like I do spend a lot of time setting it up because there's like um, a good chunk in there where there's like I'm not telling a joke. I'm just like saying like you have to communicate with your partner and like. People are like waiting for the joke, but it's not really there until like I'm actually like passing the basketball, you know. So um, it's kind of scary in a way because but I like I know that the joke is there, so I'm not scared. But I think people are like, uh, what's happening right now? I haven't laughed in a minute. Um, but I think it's just like then the tension is like released. So it helps. But Especially with your pacing. I'm sure at some point they're like, uh-oh, where is she going to take us here? But yeah, yeah, you don't lead us astray. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah, you're good at, a, I think it's analogies, like you do with marriage and Costco. Like you're good at finding connections between seemingly unconnected like ideas. Mm -hmm. with, uh, with the Costco joke, was that, like one of the jokes with the honey bunches of oats was honey bunches of oats, like the first cereal you picked or did you go through, um, a few iterations of like cereals or maybe it's a big jar of pickles. Like, did you go through different iterations that way as well? If you haven't been married, I think just like marriage is a lot like Costco. <laughs> like you go into it and you're like, yeah, this is going to be good. <laughs> this, This double pack of honey bunches of oats is gonna last forever. But then like a year later, you're only like halfway through the first bag and you're like, I hate honey bunches of oats. Yeah, I thought about, like, different things that I would get at Costco, like, trail mix or something. Mm -hmm. But, like, I think Honey Bunches of Oats is just, like, more personal for me because, like, I grew, grew up, like, my mom would always get those, like, two packs. And then we'd, like, always have to eat Honey Bunches of Oats. <laughs> and it's, like, a good cereal, but it's, like, <laughs> oh, man, you can get sick of it so fast. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, so just, like, the visual for me of, like, the two bags of uh, Honey Bunch of Oats was the one that stuck out. Awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. Let, let me... Um, well, I've asked my questions. I've nerded out on your comedy, and we have some people um, posting here some questions. So I think we're ready to get to some fan questions, if you are. Yeah, I don't think I have any fans, but... What? Um, I'm, I'm telling you, like... You, we had Shane Torres on here yesterday, and yeah. I feel like we had more people responding about you being on here than Shane. So give yourself some credit here. Oh, nice. Yeah, see, more Better validation. Better than Shane. <laughs> you got the, you got the uh, hot breath bump. We, it's not about yeah. the Conan bump anymore. It's about the hot breath bump. <laughs> okay. I got to work with Shane um, in Sunnyvale at Rooster Teeth Feathers, uh -huh. and this was before... This is like just when I started talking to JP about Conan and Shane has done Conan multiple times. So I got to talk to him about it and he was like super helpful with like um, just like kind of easing my stress about like not hearing back from him. He's like, don't worry about it. It's going to happen. Like it just takes time. So he was like super helpful in that process. I love that. And what I love yeah. about catching you at this moment in your career, just five years in is that you're only going to keep progressing and just keep getting better and more established 
Uh, because you, yeah, you're, I mean, you're definitely, yeah. I mean, you're in it. It's just time and consistency at this point. I mean, yeah, the, the sure. talent's there. So it's exciting to like, I love been doing hot breath like five years and there's several comics to where it's like interview them before they maybe even have a TV appearance. And now they're like the star of a show or something like that. It's, it's the hot breath bump. We call it here. Um, nice. so actually what we're going to do is bring in, we're, we're doing this for the first time for you, Emily. We're bringing in the, the comic that actually requested. I posted a poll on the Hot Breath Instagram requesting who people wanted to hear on the show, and this entire week has been devoted to those requests. So we're actually going to invite the comedian that requested you. His name's Aaron Patrick, and uh, he has a question he wants to ask you about comedy. In hopes that um, this works. Because <laughs> we've never tried this before. So we're going to see what happens here. So, Aaron, are you there? That's how this happens. Oh, oh let me see if we can add him. I'm calling him. Paging Aaron. This works. <laughs> Aaron. Because <laughs> we've never tried this before. So we're Let's gonna see. see. Are you there? Can you see? Can you all I'm see here. each other? Uh, Aaron. Are you there? Hello. Oh, there's like um, an echo. Oh, yeah. Can, oh. can, you, uh, can Sorry. you mute me, Aaron? <laughs> <laughs> Let me see if there's... um. A way for all three of us to be in here, or how I can, uh, never done this before, so this is exciting. And then he just left. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, never mind. He got nervous. <laughs> um, this may be a way to do it for now, um, until I figure it out. I could just share the screen. Uh, where'd he go? <laughs> Did we really just lose him? Oh. I think he's uh, I think he's getting headphones or something. <clears throat> oh, okay. This is his big debut. You know, we don't want him to. Oh, and I see there's a picture in picture on. Um, let me hide this real quick. How do I hide a picture in picture? I don't know. I don't use Skype. Yeah, this is like uh, my first time I've used Skype in years. You guys got me? Yeah. Hey. Yeah, let me... Oh. Um, I'm going to try something real quick so I don't... Because um, right now it's yep. picture in picture. Oh, let me close it. Oh, there we go. All right. All right. So let me... Uh, oh, let me zoom out. Now we're all in there. Okay. See, I'm glad... I'm glad we're doing this. Thank you for your patience with this, um, uh, Emily. Um, we're all learning. This is now, this just became a terrible Zoom open mic. This just, <laughs> there we go. Okay, very cool. It worked. That's so exciting. All, all right, right. Cool stuff. Yeah, so um, Aaron, you can all see each other? Yep. Yeah. So cool. Oh my gosh, this is exciting. So, um, Aaron's the comedian that actually requested you to be on the show, Emily. So, Aaron, uh, maybe just like a little bit about your comedy experience and then what's your question, buddy? Yeah, well, um, nobody wants to hear about me. So, um, <laughs> but I will say, so, Emily, the first time I saw you, uh, I was out in LA last summer for a work conference and uh, one of my all-time favorite comedians is Pete Holmes, and I saw he was opening for Kyle Dunnigan, uh, and Sarah Silverman was on the show, and I was like, I'm going to go. I was by myself. I showed up, and I got to sit front row, dead center, and then they came out and announced you, and I was like, oh, I have no idea who this is, and like, killed it. Like, destroyed yeah. the room. Everybody was like, cracking up laughing. The, like, you did the basketball bit, and uh, I can't remember if you did it there or if I saw it online, but the, the hiccup bit about like, whenever you get the hiccups, everybody becomes an expert about how to get rid of them. And I'm like dying laughing. 
And like, it was a really cool show for me because I was literally like month one of my stand-up career. And to see you like to go through, do a full set as like the opener. And then to see Pete Holmes and Sarah Silverman and uh, just like running new material. And I've never experienced that. Like now going out to open mics, everybody's doing new material, what that's like, but to see somebody like that and then Mm -hmm. uh, to see you on the show was really cool and just been kind of following since then. And um, I know uh, the one question I wanted to ask is I'm coming up on my one year anniversary for doing stand up, which still seems a weird thing to say anniversary doing stand up. But uh, I was wondering if someone like yourself, you're five years in, you've sort of climbed that comedic mountain of uh, Conan, which I'm sure you're I don't want to like say you're tired of talking about, but uh, um, I don't know if you are not. But um, but um, <laughs> it's like, is, is that the only question? You ask? So, um, but I'm working on slowing down my breath. As I, oh, there <laughs> doing go. great. You're doing uh, great, Aaron. This is, this is yeah, big right. hot breath but debut the, here. Yeah. Uh, so the big question I wanted to ask was, um, if you could go back to yourself at the end of your first year, what advice would you give yourself? Oh, that's a good question. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would, um, I think by the end of the first year, I was like still not really convinced that like comedy could be a thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like kind of a, you're in a weird spot because you're not really doing good shows yet. I assume like I wasn't. I was just doing open mics and um, it like was fun and like I made friends, but it wasn't like I couldn't picture it beyond that. Mm-hmm. Um and so I think what I would tell myself is just like, uh, work harder, <laughs> like, uh, keep doing it. Stop like slacking off. Like mm-hmm. you, you love doing this. So do it. Like, don't try to like have, you know, different things going on just in case like this isn't gonna like keep going. I would yeah. just be like, go for it. You know, kind of like all in or nothing. Yeah, or just, like, yeah, stop slacking off. Like, stop doing the same jokes every night. Or stop drinking so much. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. just, like, take it, like, take it more seriously. Just, like, try it. It's not, it's not, like, bad to, like, try for something, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think I figured that out eventually, but, like, after, like, two years, maybe. Yeah. But, I, like, in the first year, I'd be, I would tell myself to, like, uh try harder (laughs) yeah yeah because that's that's one thing my like I come from a really blue collar family and so my dad kind of instilled with me like if you're gonna do something like if it's cutting the grass if it's doing a job you like you go all in if you Mm want to be successful at it and it's very interesting to me that I see people uh around where I do comedy that are so funny so hilarious and you're just like what are they still doing here like why are they at the open mic at 1 a.m going up two spots before me when I've been doing this for six months and I've slowly started to realize if you do the little things, like you said, just work a little bit harder and take it a little bit more serious that you get opportunities that other people you're like, cause I'm sure this has probably happened to you where you get on, like you get offered a show and you're like, how did I, I shouldn't be here. Like mm-hmm. what, like what, what am I doing here? Like, so yeah. So that's awesome. Awesome. So it helps validate me what what I'm trying to do now. So awesome. Yeah. And like you were saying, like the Largo, it's like a special place because you see these like big time comedians just like trying stuff out, you know, for the Mm. first time. And like, I can't do that when I'm at Largo. I like bring my A plus material because it's like, you know, I come out and people are like, who is this? I'm here to see Sarah Silverman. Who is this Mm -hmm. chick? Um, so but I kind of like that too because I'm like all right I have to like prove myself um in this venue yeah like I don't belong here you're right but I'm gonna try to prove you wrong (laughs) but you also took the leap you went from uh, Santa Cruz to San Francisco to LA so I mean you honestly believed in yourself and I think taking the leap is something a lot of young comics struggle with so like what went to your decision of saying, okay, I'm going to take it from San Francisco to L.A. I'm just going to go for it. 
Yeah, that was a little bit of an easier leap just because um, I felt like I had been there for so long that I was, uh, I didn't really have anywhere else to grow mm. um, or like be challenged. Um, so I was like, I gotta, I gotta challenge myself a little bit more. So then I moved to LA. Um, but like, I think like the Santa Cruz to San Francisco is hard because that was like, oh, I'm actually, am I doing this? Like, I'm moving to a different town for comedy. But then like the San Francisco to LA, I was like already doing comedy at that point. So I was like, yeah, this is what I have to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, there's no other choice. Um, so yeah, just diving in. And it's like, it's hard. Change is hard. Um, being challenged is hard. It's like starting over in a way. And that sucks. Um, What's that early grind? Like the day job and what is that early grind of I'm doing this, but then reality sets in of like, oh, I still have like to stay alive and eat. Yeah, it sucks. (laughs) 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 Uh, I mean, I still, uh, I still do like work like because I got to eat. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I wish that I didn't have to. <laughs> Working sucks. What is what, but, what is the um, work like? What is what is your day? Because I mean that's some. Yeah, I mean every comedian has to go through. So like, what is what is the balance you're having to do right now? Um, I try to work as little as possible. That's my whole goal. Sorry. <clears throat> She's taking her own advice, um, Aaron. I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, like, on other stuff, but, like, as much as I can, I'll, like, write. Um, but that doesn't seem like work to me. That's just, like, uh, I have to do this. This is why I'm alive, um, which is, I don't know, crazy. Because it is a lot of work, if you think about it. Like, you spend so many hours trying to do comedy. Um, it's your whole life, but it just feels good. feels better. What about a day job? Do you have a day else. job? Yeah, I do like freelance um, stuff mm-hmm. like remotely for like this uh, law firm, but it's like just tedious, like data entry type stuff. Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> part Hey, that's part of, I mean, that's, that's what comedians need to hear though, is that, oh man, mm-hmm. she's doing it. She moved to LA and she was on Conan and she gets to perform with like Sarah Silverman. This is crazy, but it's like, hey, I mean, this is still comedy. And it doesn't pay until way after you've paid your dues. Like uh, most most of the time, that's the case. So I, it's important for comedians to hear that as well. That like, there you're making sacrifices for these opportunities you're getting. It's not just like they magically happen because you were tapped by the comedy gods. It's this is part of the comedian lifestyle that people need to know. Yeah, no money. You got to know that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, Joel, is it cool if I ask uh, one more question? Go ahead, Aaron. You have the floor. All right. So I know you said you like talking and hanging out with other comedians, just kind of talking at shows and stuff. And one of my favorite things as a newer comedian is just to find out and discover different comedians I might not have known about. So I like to always ask people, um, what would be your Mount Rushmore of comedy? So like if you could choose just four comedians and they don't have to be stand up, they could be tv comedians like uh writers whatever it is i'm always interested to see what other comedians have to say to that dude that's such a hard question (laughs) that's what literally everybody always says so (laughs) the oh man i don't know for me it's probably like i'm not like a big um comedy like fan Mm -hmm. I guess, like, I didn't really grow up watching comedy. I kind of just started getting into it after I started. Like, so, um, like, the like the people that <laughs> I started watching were, like, uh, Sarah Silverman, uh, Louis C.K., um, you know, Tignataro. Um, so I was, like, then I had to, like, go back and, like, do some, like, uh, you know, watch, like, older comedy like Mitch Hedberg and stuff like that Mm. um so like I don't really know anything about like the great comedians no it's Um, it's okay I know 
it's not it's not a trap question to make you say, oh, she didn't say Richard Pryor, or she didn't say, yeah. you know, this person. <laughs> it's just always interesting to me to hear who are some of the people's like influences and people that they grew up. Because I grew up when the Comedy Central thirty minute specials were on like every Friday night, um, and that's kind of what drew. Mm-hmm my like love of comedy and and everything like that and then saturday night live with guys like sandler and farley and spade and everybody and um so like i said it's just always interesting yeah i think like a big influence that like would probably be um one of my top four would be tina fey just like i grew up watching her um like snl 30 rock like i was just like obsessed um and she was like she's not a comedian I guess but like her writing was so like personal it was like oh I relate to this and everybody else can relate to this and nobody else is like talking about this for some Mm -hmm. reason which is comedy I think um so she she would be up there for sure um and yeah um well that was four you didn't that's all I'm gonna yeah that's all I'm gonna say (laughs) because there's so many and I, I hate, like, choosing Yeah, everybody's so different. But. Gotcha, gotcha. You'll just Sorry. get hit up with all the people you didn't mention after this and say, why didn't you mention me? You were going to be on the show. Now you're not anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, How like, did you not say Conan? How did you not say Conan? Yeah. Okay. It's all political, so I can't, <laughs> yeah. can't talk about it. Awesome. But, yeah. Aaron, where are you based again? Uh, Baltimore, Maryland. Oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. Yep, How's the scene out there? It's good. It's good. There, um, uh, before all this started, literally the week before everything shut down, uh, there was a, it was almost like a stand-up game going on. Uh, there was a Tuesday night where there was literally, I think it was six open mics, and uh, one of the comedians put a challenge of like how many people can hit all six. So like people are like running in and out of doors and everything, and I didn't find out about all the mics until like that night because I was on one of the shows. And uh, so I was kind of like, I felt kind of left out, but it's definitely growing here. Like pretty much every night of the week, there's somewhere, some, you know, either a dive bar or a venue that's doing a show. Uh, Fridays and Saturdays are always pretty busy with, you know, opportunities to get stage time and everything. So it's definitely growing in this area. That's for sure. That was great. Yeah. Oh, that was so cool. Yeah. And I, I just figured out how to get us all three. Um, Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> we're we're all three in it the yeah. whole time, but I was trying to figure out the layout. And um, as you two are connect, look, we're connecting comedians across the coast. This is so cool. That's great, awesome. I feel I feel like a, a a star maker. What if you two like grow up to be like the next great comedians? And I'm like, it was here, and I'm still just in my home office, just like remember, guys. <laughs> <laughs> It's all good. I hope so. <laughs> well, we won't forget about you. Yeah. What was your name again? It'll pop up in our yearly feed on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> well, Aaron Patrick, man, this was great. Thanks for requesting Emily and asking such great questions. Yeah, thanks. Man. Yeah, no problem. Buddy. Anytime. All right. Have a good day, Aaron. Thanks. Wow. That was cool. That was our yeah. first time doing that, so... Yeah, good job figuring it out. We might be onto something here. Um, so, let's... Um, we have, we could just get maybe, like, two questions um, from fans, because this one was from Imri, who asked, this might be a stupid question about Conan, but is there a warm-up comic that gets the crowd ready? Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm blanking on his name right now, um, but I believe he started in San Francisco. Hmm. Man, I, I'm so bad with names, um, but really funny guy. He, um, yeah, he warms up the crowd before every show, and then Conan comes out and does his thing, and then there's a guest, and then uh, the comic. So I was able to go out into the... Uh, studio and watch the warm-up comic um and conan's like um little like he did like a little skit and then um 
then had the guest. It like goes by so fast, it's crazy. But yeah, the warm up comic, he he wasn't he doesn't really do jokes or when I was there he wasn't really doing jokes, but he like he would like bring people from the crowd onto the stage and then like make them dance mm-hmm. and like the and then like there was like a winner or something. So it was like very like crowd heavy, like uh, just like making fun of people pretty much like roasting their outfits and stuff. Yeah. And that's uh, if I'm re like, like every comedy show has a warm up comic. If TV shows have warm up comics and it is, it's a skill set within itself. Uh, Brody Stevens was known to be a really good warm up comic because it requires a lot of energy and interaction and they play games and they'll throw candy into the audience and things like that. Like, it's to really just gas up, to quote um, Pete Holmes, and gas it up. It really, um, you really just got to gas it up. So yeah. Did you did you uh, get to have an interaction with Conan? By the way, did you get to? Okay. Yeah. So that was like probably um, the coolest part of it. Like I didn't meet him before my set, so like walking out, like him introducing me and me walking out. That was the first time like seeing him <laughs> um so and then after my set um he came over and was like emily catalano and then we cut to commercial and then he just stayed there with me uh for like five minutes just like the crowd was still there and we were just talking like not mic'd up or anything but just like he was we were just talking about the set and he was like so nice and i did that um i did that joke about um like don't marry Nathan Brown. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> so like <laughs> the first thing that Conan said to me when he walked over after he was like good set, he's like, please tell me that you used his real name. And I was like, Yeah, <laughs> that's his real name. And he was like, All right, I'll pay for your legal fees. Um, and, but luckily like nobody sued me or anything, but, um, that was, it was just really cool of him. He's just like a nice, he's so funny in person, like way funnier in person than Mm. like on TV, I think, but like, how so just so just like every other like line that he says is a joke. Mm -hmm. He's just like always joking. Um, and then like he, like we went up back to the stage, like with my friends later, just like take pictures and stuff and nobody else was there. But then, uh, Conan walked out from like backstage and like took pictures with everybody and stuff. So he was just like super cool. It did, this, uh, it did. Nathan Brown joke did, was there any, was there any blowback or did Nathan know this was going on TV and... <laughs> Uh, no, nobody knew. Uh, yeah, I didn't even tell my mom, like, she was watching it, and I guess she, like, freaked out when she was watching it. She, like, started screaming, because she had no idea. Um, but I I haven't heard from Nathan. I've heard from, like, some of his um, family um, members that I still, like, in, in contact with, and they were like, um, yeah, saw you on Conan, great set, like way to way to kill it, like. Oh. Okay. So, I'm sure not everybody appreciated it, but like a few people, like you know, can take a joke. So, wait, did you actually marry this guy, and now you're not type deal? Yeah, we were married uh, before I did comedy. Um, how, how old were you? I was 27. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So then I started comedy. It's easy to remember because I started comedy like a few weeks after I turned 30. I think it was like a midlife crisis or something. But (laughs) (laughs) Um, good. That's that's great, though. Yeah, it's never too late to start. Yeah. Congratulations. That's hilarious that you say his name and location and there's been no blowback. So that's cool. <laughs> no, I mean, it's a pretty like common name. So I think people probably just assume I made it up. But... 
Very nice. Well, kudos to Nathan for being a good sport. Yeah. Or actually, or like you said, that guy sucks. So maybe he just sucks so much. He's like, I, no, I suck I mean, too much. Yeah, it's fine. We don't talk, so it's not like... It's fine. Quite a life you've lived. I look forward to hearing more about this as your comedy progresses, you getting into that that uh, type of stuff. Yeah. All right, well, let's get to the final one here. And um, can, you, can you move your camera? I'm trying to think. Maybe to your right a little bit. There we go. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Oh, I was like leaning. Yeah, it's because uh, on the screen it it um on the we're on a split screen in the oh, stream, okay. so it it kind of makes the window smaller. So. Okay. Uh, oh, Gary Cannon is the warm up comics name. Gary Cannon. Yeah. Very cool. Shout out to Gary. That's that's a hard job. That's that's requires mm -hmm. physical effort to be a warm up comic. So. Yeah. I I couldn't do it. I don't have that much. Oh, that would be hilarious energy. if you go out there and it's like, hey. <laughs> yeah. I'm here to get y'all turned up for Family mm -hmm. Feud. Are y'all ready for this? <laughs> but it is cool. It's you hard. got to work yeah. with like, um, like Tig and Sarah and you see that, that skill set like at, at the highest form, like you're seeing masters mm -hmm. of that sort of performance. So I bet you've learned, you got to learn so much just from seeing them execute it live. That had to have been just like a boost of like, Oh, that's what's possible. You know? Oh uh, yeah, for sure. Like Tig is like, um, just on another level of that, you know, for like sure. so confident, like in the silence, but it's like, it's the best when you can pull it off like that, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah, and just like watching it live is amazing. Yeah. So let's get into, um, let's get into this final question here. This is from Chase Bonin. He asks, Oh wait, never mind. That's a comment. Hold on. He has a question up higher. His, <laughs> his comment was not drinking or slowing down. Drinking seems to be a theme for most pro working comics. Yeah. Not drinking or drinking slowing down? Yeah, like, or drinking less seems to be a big piece of advice, mm -hmm. a lot of professional comics. And then the person right after them says, Ron White drinks on stage. So there's always, <laughs> there's always exceptions, but. Yeah, I mean, I didn't stop drinking. I think it was more like I'm not going out just to drink. Like, um, I'm going out for the comedy. Yes. I don't know if that makes sense. It makes but. perfect sense because a lot of comics, especially early on, treat it more like a social club or like a meetup. But it's like, I mean, you're not here to get drunk. You're here to work on the craft of comedy. Yes, you could talk to other comedians and make friends and things like that. But the number one goal of every single show should be you're getting on stage and getting better. It's not how mm -hmm. many shots can I get for free from the audience or something like that. Like... It's a job, and that was a big thing Shane Torres said yesterday was like, you know, comedy, if you want to be a job, you have to treat it like a job, and that's huge. Mm-hmm. I agree. Here we go. All right, so Chase's question. This will be the final one. Chase says, being newish, are you still finding new writing techniques, and do you have a ritual that helps you write? Mm. Yeah, um... I, yeah, I'm always looking up, like, or I'm always, like, trying to find, like, the best way to write, which I haven't found yet, but it's just, like, really hard. So, for me, like, the more time I can spend writing, the better. So, it's just, for me, is like, a, a lot of time writing. I use, like, Google Docs, and I just will write every, anything, like, I'm thinking about, and it's, like, a lot of very not funny stuff but it's just like maybe this topic will turn into a joke later or I'll find I'll find the punchline later um so it's just a lot of time not being funny just kind of more like journal entry type stuff um and that's been my process so far um but no I I don't have the secret to writing yet but Maybe someday I'll let you know. 
You did mention earlier when you're doing the basketball joke, a Venn diagram. Are there other techniques you'll plug into jokes to test them out? Yeah, I think when I'm like doing like comparison jokes like that or like analogy, that's like a good way to like just like make two lists of things. Um, I think it's like good for like topical jokes too. If you're like, oh, Trump, everything you can think about Trump and then everything you can think about coronavirus or something and see like what can like match up and what will you know what you can compare but otherwise it's you basically just like free writing just journaling and yeah basically yeah because i think like uh, the comedy that i like is um like personal um and i think i like to spend time writing jokes that like only i can say boom yes um so, like, the more personal I can get, um, I think the better. Because then you don't have to worry about, like, oh, did somebody else already do this? Yep. <laughs> um, and it just saves a lot of time. So that's what I try to do. But sometimes, you know, your personal stuff isn't funny yet. And what, <laughs> what about when you're saying a lot of it's not, it's just not funny, which I think is important for comics to hear, that it's okay that 80% of what you write isn't, like, worth keeping. I just heard uh, Seinfeld say in an interview, like, 9 out of 10 of his jokes he ends up not keeping. So it's normal, and that is part of the work of comedy, which is why most people don't figure out, like, how to write jokes, because it is, like, a law of numbers. And the more you write, the more chances you're giving yourself to find a joke. But it really is just a lot of writing about not funny things until something like sparks yeah and i think like maybe the first step before writing like the punchline is finding something interesting or a topic that's interesting to you or like something that you haven't heard anybody else talk about before um because if you can like capture like interest in the setup then the punchline whatever it is is going to hit that much harder because people are already invested in what you're saying. Um, I think that's like a, one of my theories. That's gold right there. If you can capture interest in the setup, the punchline will hit that much harder. That's, that's gold right there. We found it. We found it, Hot Breath of Us. We have excavated the gold mine. <laughs> Let's get her out of here before she regrets it. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. This is awesome. Thank you for doing this. This was this was our first time like taking requests and then like seeing them come live on the air and then get to connect with the guests that request. It's just it's very cool. Very cool of you to do this. So how can us? As the hot breath of verse, uh, how can we like support you, follow you, like tell us what you have going on? Um, yeah, you can follow me on Instagram. I post like a bunch of clips, so that's like a cool way to like um, see more of my comedy, and you can like share them with your friends and stuff. That would help. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, I started uh, doing a live Zoom show with my roommates. I live with some other comedians, so we do a live show uh every thursday so we have one tomorrow it's at seven o'clock um our time california time um and yeah you can dm me if you want like the link um and we like just try it's kind of like it's not an open mic but we like try to have like new material every week just like and it's probably all going to be about uh the quarantine but <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's fun, and we, we drink a lot. So, <laughs> your advice, <laughs> your advice is that you would work harder and drink less. And then the, <laughs> the thing you're gonna close the interview on is it's a Zoom excuse to get drunk on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Well, now I can drink. I'm, you know, I'm a famous comedian now, so now I can drink. That's but, true. You yeah. got the hot breath bump, so you, you are gotta, a famous comedian but, now. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta put the work in. I deserve it. <laughs> well, hot breath of verse. 
go support Emily and all of her projects. If you found this helpful, reach out to her on social media. Let her know how great this interview was and show your support for her and the show. If you want to get involved in more of these Q&As in the future, go into the description of this episode. Click the link to join the Facebook group and you can start interacting with listeners from around the world. But for this episode, we out here. So let's give a round of applause to Emily Catalano one more time. Thank you for your time, Emily. And uh, Thanks for having me. Have a good day, Hot Breathiverse. Hot Breath. This episode of Hot Breath is sponsored by our Patreon. If any of our content has helped your comedy career, join our Patreon linked in the show notes and get positive comedy karma for life. Probably.